Do you wish that all things wealth and finance were much easier to understand and not presented by a bunch of beige cardigan-wearing geeks? Welcome to the Clever Investor Podcast, where we're dishing up the easiest-to-understand finance program served in bite-sized chunks, so your brain will thank you as your knowledge grows. Hosted by the brilliant Owen Taylor, a multiple award-winning expert with a glorious knack for explaining the complex world of wealth in the simplest of ways. Hey Clever Investors and welcome to another show. So my brain was going again and having a thought. I've got a few investment properties. The Reserve Bank has put up the cash rate. The banks are slowly moving up some of their interest rates, not all of them. And I got to thinking, well, should I be on a variable rate or should I fix everything? Well, As I keep saying to everybody, you don't have to solve these things on your own. There's a whole world of experts out there. So I rang a really good friend of mine. His name is Chris Johnson. He runs his own mortgage broking and advisory business. And this is what he had to say. Hello, Owen. How are you? I'm good. I've got a question to ask you. Fire away. With all of the, you know, interest rates going up, and as you know, I've got some investment properties, should I be fixing all of the loans that I've got with my investment properties? Great question. So the first thing I would want to know, Owen, is if you have a home loan. No, I don't. I'm a rent vester. Okay, beautiful. Because if you had a home loan, it would obviously change your strategy slightly um, compared to if you obviously just have investment and no a home loan to pay off. Because a home loan not tax deductible and we want to get rid of that bad debt as quickly as possible. Okay, so let's focus on investment. Should you fix or should you stay on variable? Unfortunately, in my opinion, the uh, benefit of being fixed has bolted. Six months Four or five months ago, they've done a run and the banks capitalised on it and thought, yep, we don't want to make it enticing for people to lock in and stick with us as a bank. So they pushed up fixed rates because that's where they think interest rates are going to go and therefore the attractiveness of a fixed rate is less appealing. But a fixed rate still could be appealing if you wanted to manage your cash flow, if you wanted security and dependability on knowing that your interest rate is going to be a certain percent for the next period of time. Financially, though, it's not a good decision. You will ultimately, in my opinion, be out of pocket after the fixed term expires on the fixed rate because the variable rate at the moment is considerably lower, potentially 1.5% lower, that you would need to see an increase in rate of more than 1.5% before you're even breaking even. Right, okay. So you're paying for the privilege now of locking in a fixed rate. You're paying the bank a privilege. Whereas if you just sat on a variable rate, you'd be saving money till interest rates basically went up 1.5%. Right. Then you'd be breaking even. And, of course, then you'd need them to go up another 1.5% yep. before your net gain would be zero. So what you're saying in a nutshell is six months ago it could have been a good idea. Correct. At the moment you're going to pay a premium for this security 
And yep. um, will the banks ever tell you this? Uh, well, generally not. That's a leading question. Yes, it is a leading question. Generally not. And the, the whole premise comes back to best interest duty. So mortgage brokers have to abide by legislation now called best interest duty, bid for short. And basically uh, it is a result of the Royal Commission and the Royal Commission uh, that was to investigate banks and ended up creating, I think, a market differential for or a point of difference for mortgage brokers. And this legislation was brought in that only applies to mortgage brokers. It does not apply to lenders, uh, the banks, because basically the legislation says we have to do what's in the best interest of the client. Now, that means that we have to give them options in terms of lenders, in terms of products, based on their specific needs. So we have to understand the client, and one of those might be, do you want certainty around your interest rate? Do you want certainty around your repayment? Therefore, if you do, then fixed interest rates might be an option for you. As opposed to a lender, where a lender would basically, they don't have to apply by best interest duty because they can only offer you what they've got. They only have one product, uh, so therefore they can't tell you there's all these different other options in the marketplace and that could be in your better interest than what we're offering. In a roundabout way, although unfortunately the Royal Commission into Banking did cause you a lot more paperwork to have to do, yep. it's really reinforced the fact that going to a broker is much better than just going to the one source because Correct. you've actually, well, it's something that, I mean, I've known you for enough years to know that you did this prior to all of this being officially documented, but it means that any broker has to lay out in front of someone, here are all of your options and this is why you should and this is why you shouldn't. And the lender doesn't do the uh, financial modelling that uh, we do in terms of telling you how much the loan's going to cost you, what the breakdown is compared to if you fixed portion of your loan, would it be in your best interest? Yeah, they wouldn't do any of that. Basically, we do all the homework, we do it all for you and basically provide you advice for the long term because they're just trying to sell their product and lock you into the bank. This is again where the uh, the, the lenders, the banks are going to have their uh, uh, um, advertising to um, um, and, and part of that advertising is a bit of fear yep. and you're, you're actually, you're educating people, which means that there actually is not going to be the fear involved. Correct. And look, a lot of the fear that's going on in the market at the moment with media is that interest rates are going to go up a huge amount, which then would lead you to go into a bank and say, okay, I want to fix my, my interest rate so that I'm not going to be exposed to this. But unfortunately, the interest rates have moved so extraordinarily high for fix, but it's not worth it, which is what I said at the start. Mm. So the banks use it as a fixed rate. Then I generally say it's their marketing arm, the fixed interest rate. So they make them look attractive, they look good, so that you lock into the bank, um, and then you can't move for a period of time. So that's another thing that uh, legislation has tried to incorporate, that the banks now need to disclose to you the risks associated with fixed interest rates. 
Um, because if you lock into a fixed interest rate and uh, you want to get out of it, for instance, you might sell your property, which is something, you know, a very innocent thing to do, um, you'll be up for a break cost because you locked in that loan. And how do um, they calculate this uh, break cost? So the rule of thumb is that basically it's are meant to be the cost of interest that the bank has lost in you breaking the loan. So as a result, fundamentally, it would involve finding out where interest rates have gone. So if interest rates go down, the break costs might be higher because the bank's losing out on money. But if interest rates go up and you're locked in at a lower, cheaper rate, then it might be in the bank bank's best interest to break that loan, so therefore the break cost will be lower. So if I, the fix, only way for to- two, sorry, if I fix for two years at 3% and interest rates then go up to 4.5%, then uh, the bank might say, okay, well, we'd like you out of that one because we can, we can charge you more on a variable rate. Correct. 100%. But if they go the other way and they and I fixed at three percent, and they go back down to one and a half percent, then it's going to cost me money because the bank goes, well, you know, we're going to lose out on that money. You were going to pay us three percent, and you want to come down to one and a half percent. You got to buy your way out of this contract. Correct. Um, and generally, to get that break cost, you'd need to ring up at a point in time and find out what the break cost is because it changes. You know, they say daily. And look, I'll be honest, the number of times we've rung up banks to get break costs for clients, we've sometimes been surprised by numbers and sometimes been, oh, how did they come up with that number? Seems awfully high. Mm. It's very, uh, you know, arbitrary, shall I say, <laughs> how they come up with it. So there's the, what you're saying is there's a, there's a bigger picture. Don't just Don't just focus on what the interest rate is. Um, what you and your team do is you're looking at the at the bigger picture. So it's, it's not just the price tag, it's the flexibility. If you fix, you're going to lose some flexibility. You might gain some security because you know what your repayments are for a given period of time. Yep. But nobody in the world knows exactly where interest rates will be in 12 months. Uh, funny you say that, Owen. One of the greatest bits of advice I was always given when I first got into the industry was that basically people are better off if they just sit on variable for the life of a loan because the difficulty in determining when to lock in to a fixed rate for a period of time can be quite challenging. Now, that aside, that mortgage broker provides looks at the whole picture for a client in terms of there's more to it in terms of strategy, what you want to do long-term with an asset. So for an investment property, you want to keep that long-term. Depending on your income situation, you might want to have a higher tax benefit. So therefore, you structure the lending and the facility a different way than if it was, oh, I'm going to retire in five years' time. Okay, you'll have a different strategy. So we sit and work all that out. Um, We knew as mortgage brokers that we were into unprecedented times with respect to interest rates, and the government made it clear that they were lowering lowering interest rates to help out clients and to help people through the pandemic. 
that is an opportune time, probably a once in a lifetime opportunity where people looked and were told by us to lock in fixed rates because we knew they were going to go up and it was, you know, never going to last. So those people that did take that advice and did do it, congrats. Um, they're going to benefit over the next short period of time. The education to those clients is the minute your fixed rate expires, you need to be wary that your repayment will go up. And, you know, we're, we're educating clients at the moment to expect or factor in between 1% and 2% higher. I don't think it's going to be doom and gloom 3 and 4% higher than what it is now, um, but I do think it will be between 1% and 2 um, and I'd thoroughly agree with you on that. Chris, thank you very much for your time and your knowledge as well. Um, I'll pop your contact details into the, the socials for this if anybody wants to uh, chat with you about this situation. But thank you again, mate, for uh, for sharing with us your view and your expertise on this. Always appreciate a phone call from you, Owen. You're always on speed dial when it comes to property investing. Thank you, mate, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. Cheers, Owen. Bye. You have been listening to the Clever Investor Podcast, proudly sponsored this week by Blue Wealth Property. Are you ready to start a new investment journey? Get in touch with the industry leaders. Blue Wealth Property. Blue Wealth have a proven track record in using research to identify growth markets. And Blue Wealth have supported thousands of Australians to buy the right property in the right market at the right time. Go to bluewealth.com.au